You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Ricardo Parasol, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. And on the Drinks with Tony show, yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Ricarda Parasol. Her new album is called Tuesday Morning. Ricarda, how are you? I'm great. How are you? It's so good to see you and be here and talk to you once again. I know it's been so long. We the I know we taped during the pandemic when we were all trying to lower the curve and we were like, well, what do we do? Yeah, it was early on, I think like the yeah. first month or something. Yeah. But I was in San Francisco like six months or so before and we taped in person at, at Jane, that cute little cafe on. Yeah, um, that's super cool. Yeah. I don't know if that's still there on Larkin. In the Tenderloin. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it survived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. but it's crazy how fast time, how fast time flies and then how like slow it actually goes at the same time too. Yeah. Yeah. We can ponder, ponder that. I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson has an explanation as to why that is. Yeah. I'm going to research it and get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> and hold for a minute while we Google. Yes. <laughs> and now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Time is a construct. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And during this time, I was sort of piecing together this album. I have a writing partner um, in Paris. So three of our songs, collaborative songs, are on this album. His and is, is that Oct- Octavio? Atavi. Atavi. Yeah, because you were talking Mark. about... Hi, Mark. Because you were talking about him when we were taping last time because you said you were collaborating with him a little bit. By the way, I was telling you all this before we started taping. I love this record so much. It's like freaking me out how much I love it. I really like I like what I you know, I love what you've done and I love what you do. And then it's just like you kind of took a turn and it's just it's there. I'm like, wow. I I took a turn. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like listening to it and I'm like, I was just closing my eyes and I'm like, this this record is like this this record's like a classic record that like if if this like wow. if you know say 2023 say it's 20 years from now this should be a record that kids have on their turntables going oh my god mom who was this <laughs> well thank you I, I I don't take full credit for it because again I um you know when I met Mark Otavi we started writing a ton of songs we were you know, we continue to write. We have like a little side project we're working on. He's got his solo album. I'll do some songwriting. So I felt like I found like, ah, oh, it's my bandmate. I've been looking for my whole life. And you um, found your Blixa Bargeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except, he, yeah, I think it's better. And yeah. um, no, we just um, sort of like um, just have a real similar aesthetic taste, the references. I mean, whether it's um, a, a lot of French music that I love, we're able to touch on that or um, ideas about poetry, about, um, you know, just mu- American music, British music as well, Italian. So we had a lot of common ground and I think that really helped. And, um, and for me, when we started talking because at, at when I was living in Paris, I wasn't writing music. I was a little um, in a, a, a funk. <laughs> and um, and did you, did you go to Paris because you were in a funk or did you get to Paris and then the funk happened? That sounds so sly in the family stone. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I had kind of, I I didn't quit music. I had been in a situation where I was so overwhelmed with some, a number of serious things in my life that there was no choice, but to leave music. And when I got through all this, sorry to be vague, when I got through everything, I was like, okay, actually as hard as that was, I feel like my esteem is, I, I got through it. So now I know it takes a lot more than, just one thing to kill me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so and, I just, and what were, what were, how do you feel like you got through it? Like what were the tools that you used to get back to feeling where you, where you were like, 
where you felt vibrant again, getting back to the creative process? Uh, well, it was slow because I think what I decided to do was go to Paris and, and study and not in a university because I didn't want to, I didn't, I couldn't afford something like that, but I decided that I would be in a city where I could go to museums every day, be able to travel to cities nearby, um, and just be sort of like in the background. So I had a part-time job where I was writing music for other people, either lyrics adaptation or English lyrics or melody. And I really liked being there for somebody else. And like, you know, it didn't matter. A lot of times these jobs were really poorly paid, but I was like, I'm still going to make it as amazing as possible because I know I'm a good songwriter, but I can't handle dealing with this being front and center right now. And so I came across um, Mark and we started talking about music and collaborating. And I was like, yeah, great. I'm just going to write songs. We'll find some other broad to sing it. And <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Okay. Thank you. Thank right. you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for, like, for yeah, making sure this, this train continued. <laughs> That I because because I remember probably like 15 years ago when you came on my show and you're like, I'm done with music. This is the last record I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Feel that way. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't, it shouldn't feel yeah. that way. And so yeah. I had this time and space to sort of, I was like, I'm just going to cram a lot of stuff in my brain. I'm not, you know, trying to be an academic or anything, but I was like, I haven't had time to read all these things that I wanted to read about. Do you think, do you think all that, the earth was formed and like, yeah, do you, I went do you down a rabbit hole. Do you think that you needed to kind of connect with humanity in a beautiful place like Paris, where you can kind of explore the, almost the ancients because there's, there's an, there's a, there's an old, like the old souls can speak to us there. If you're, if you're oh, there. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you know, this is a city that dates back to the Romans, the, the, even geologically, when you look at like the exterior of Notre Dame, you can see little seashells in the stone. And that's because that area once was underwater. I mean, so just going back, you know, a billion years, you know, you're, you're, you realize, I don't know, I needed to be outside of myself. And um, I needed to see things through other people's eyes. Even though I'm not fluent in French, just there's a different way of thinking and being just in somebody else's language and philosophies. And, um, and of course, this wasn't just isolated to France, this was me looking and researching so much, which I still do. I love learning. And I was a terrible student in school. And, um, and, you know, I, I just started to sort of build myself up by feeling like I understand things better. And of course, the more, you know, the less confident you are about what you know. I mean, you know, that you don't know everything. <laughs> so blah, blah, blah. And, um, but there's a beauty to that. Cause I, I, I get off, like, I mean, I had some rough times too. And just sometimes looking yeah. at like, looking at a book that I'm reading, you know, just on the, just sitting on my desk and I'm like, Oh God, I got to go out and I got to like, kind of pretend like everything's okay today. And I can look at that book and go, I'll be home and reading you later today. And that would, that was like, that was like the only thing that I can connect to at that moment. And I could go, I, yeah. I walk outside and it was almost like petting my cat and going, I'll see you later and I'll, I'll get you some treats. I'll get you some treats. But it was a book that I had to, that I was just, that was just speaking to me. And it maybe, maybe it meant more to me because I was going through a lot of grief or I was going through a lot of heartache, but I needed that lifeline, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love books. I love um, what, they, you know, the exchange of information and language being the most amazing uh, invention that civilization must have ever had, you know, and um, it certainly made me get outside of myself. Um, 
I had one little setback as I was like being in Paris. Cause you know, I mean, I did have this idea that, okay, if I'm going to have a bad day, let's go to Paris, have a bad day over there. I mean, how about <laughs> like, geez. And so, um, so you can't like, I mean, if you're having a funky day, you're like, okay, really, this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> you're in Paris. It's going to be okay. <laughs> And, um, but we do take our pro. I mean, we do take our. We don't. We can leave in a geographic area, but we're still take. Our problems are still with us. You know, we. It's like we can't run away from it. Yeah, yeah. But so, but uh, but if but if but if but if you're at the Jardin de Luxembourg, they said, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're just sitting there going. Yeah, I do need a cigarette like everyone else. I haven't been to Paris for a while. So, so last time yeah. I was in Paris, people were smoking in the post office go, and I was the only one going. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, they still smoke, but not that much. Um, huh. I also had a perforated eardrum. So I wasn't eager to get back to the studio and it just took a long time to heal. Um, but at any rate, working with Atavia, I think it helped to have somebody there at the base of even though I was writing a lot of songs on my own as well, having that um, repartee of talking about music, getting inspired by it again, all of a sudden, and I always hoped that day, because I remember telling you I was kind of done with music, but I was like, I want to love music the way I loved it as a kid. And, um, and there was also this um, sense of like, yeah, that just renewal, like, how do I get back to that? Um, and being, having that space and time to ask myself again, what is it I like about being a creative person? What is it I actually want to achieve here? Um, all the, you know, big bumps in the road that I've had along the way, they didn't kill me. That's good. I'm still here. This is good. <laughs> like, I mean, it just was these little you know, moments of like little tiny bits of progress. And I think that's kind of why I wrote this song called Darwin's Little Darling in part was, I mean, I could see my own evolution as a person was slow. It, I mean, it's almost weirdly slow to me. It's like, God, how stupid it was. <laughs> but, like, but, you know, I feel like I got through something just um i got to the point where this is where i always wanted to be and it doesn't negate anything i did before i i like those earlier albums yeah. but this is they brought me here i guess so it steps along the way and and maybe that's why I'm so enamored by it because you what <clears throat> i don't know you know how you could just tell someone is like like someone is kind of well a lot of the a lot of singers songwriters and stuff they even writers you know even authors you can tell they're kind of just phoning it in on some of the stuff and they're just like you know they, the formula they, yeah which is what you know it's just and i i don't think we can tap into that i don't think we can tap into that authenticity on every book or on every record there's just no way because yeah. everything would be great but there's when i when i listen to this the style is different. And then it also just, it also has that underlying thing where there's an emotion to it. And I could, I could pick it up more when I'm reading an author and I'm like, and it's a breezy read, but there's something yeah. else hitting me. And I'm like, Oh, they're coming from an authentic place. Oh my God. And it's just, that's that I'm trying to dissect my reasonings for this record. And it's, I think that's what it is. You're coming from a, you're coming from an authentic place. This is me projecting. So tell me I'm wrong, but it feels nah. like you're coming th from an authentic place. That's utterly unapologetic. And it's just like, this is who I am. This is what I am now. And this is the best I can do. This is every ounce of my soul here. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like there are um, connections to the past as well i mean there are little bits about my voice or there are little um lyrical moments that connect and it's it's definitely sort of i mean you know referring to evolution again i mean you can see that certain species still look a little bit the same but they have changed i mean you know so it's um it's 
it's there. I'm, but I I didn't want to do the same thing over and over again. I mean, if it was making me crazy and also it wasn't the aesthetics of the music that was making me crazy. It was everything I was doing before was authentic, but I was really going over a lot of things that were confusing, giving me doubt, messing with my um, confidence. And I don't need to tell those stories anymore because I'm in a different place. So the, this, you know, I mean, um, it just changed the story. Um, and I, you know, I, I think audiences are, are funny with musicians in particular, because I think they really expect musicians to do the same thing over and over again. And I have the luxury of not being a very well-known musician. So who cares? And, um, but when I look at other artists, if I look at Picasso, this is an artist that started out in a very different style than where he ended up. Um, if I look at filmmakers, they can, you know, I mean, when I think about Spielberg creating E.T. and then the color purple, I mean, this is vastly different, but so authentic and so pure. I mean, you know, so... Um, I don't want to, if I'm in a, a creative person, innovation has to be there. I'm not going to, and some, and don't get me wrong. I'm not judging other artists that do create a similar thing. That might be what works for them. That really speaks to them. But I, I had a different thing going on. I was no, and, it's, and it's not like I never lo- not liked any record that came out of yours. I, ne- I never got a record of yours and went, Oh, that's her week one. <laughs> I was every time yeah. you come out with a record, I always love it. But um, the, uh, what was I just thinking about when you start your, when you start to write these songs and I'm sure you started like what, four years ago, three years ago on these songs. Yeah. I mean, I think there was like one song there, there I'd written parts of it like 10 years ago, but I was like, what am I going to do with this? And yeah, so there were little things, some lyrics I'd ha- been thinking about. So, but most most of it came in the last four years, or, or even um, I think there was one or two songs uh, that came like maybe the you know couple days before we were going to record. I'm like, actually, we're going to do this one now. So, and yeah, when when um from from when you wrote it to the actual release do you have, do you have like a different relationship to the song or sometimes do you go oh my god i wrote that and that i'm such a different person than i was on blank no um i mean i would say there's one song called sketching uh, jardin de plan <laughs> and um that was probably the first song that i wrote that's on the album and and that song does sort of talk about loneliness and not belonging and that's a little bit of the older me so but um but it was also really part of like the first step in you know an emotional transition where I was in the park I was doing a lot of painting and drawing and exploring other creative mediums and so I what what park were you in uh, I was in Chardin de Plain. It's in the in the fifth um, oh, okay. district. So, yeah, I just um, um, and I was doing a lot of doodling. <laughs> I would go to a, like somewhere with the intent of writing, um, either lyrics or like an essay or something. And I was like, wow, I just did a whole book of doodles. <laughs> um, but doodles so are I, so important, I think, in the creative process. Yeah. I've, I've, I've even been um, like where, you know, cause I do this thing, especially from working on a project, I show up every day to it. Even if I got nothing, I show up every day to it. And yeah. some days I, there, there's, I have drawings of what the camera angles would look like if this was a film scene, but I'm actually, it's for a scene in a book, but I'm sitting there blocking, like I'm a director and doing a shot list, even though that's not it. it it's like it's it does nothing for the book, but it's doing it for me to get to the next day or the next. Yes, day there is a constructive element to it. I mean, I think I became a lyricist because I, uh, 
I wasn't really like my parents didn't want me to go to visual arts school and things like that. Okay. I'm not going to complain about them, <laughs> but, um, but I love it when you complain about but, your mom though, you do such a great imitation oh, of her. I've never even met her. And I think I know her <laughs> like, through you. <laughs> I feel like Margaret Cho when she does her mom, that it, it's almost like my mom, um, <laughs> that my mom's Swedish, not Korean. And, um, so, but I, I feel like, you know, being able to visually see what you will later describe is helpful. Some of those mm. doodles actually ended up on the album. Like I have a little doodle on the back of the vinyl. And then I did this paper doll that I don't know if you saw it, but I did. So, yeah. Yeah. So she's That's so cool. And, you know, I just thought, well, there's got to be a way to connect all of these things. And, um, yeah, so that it doesn't, you know, did it all for something. <laughs> yeah. So it, but, it, you were exploring loneliness. Like when you, I mean, cause I feel like I do this too. Like I, I explore the feeling of loneliness and then being lonely and then being alone. And it's all, there's, there's, there's all, there's like so many kind of, um, different definitions of it and layers in a weird way. I mean, I felt like, and you know, you know about a lot of my past, like I was in a marriage, but I felt very alone, like a lot of that oh, marriage. Yeah. And it's just like, but at the same, but, you know, it's like, I, I kind of, I don't know if I was lonely, but I felt alone and it maybe if it was the other way, the marriage would have worked, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or you feel like you don't belong. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, sorry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I, um. Well, I mean, I love being alone. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the Swedish. I mean, I think there's always been a lot of pressure in society to find like your partner or have, you know, when, especially when you're young, to be out and social and all these things. Um, when lockdown came and I could see on social media, a lot of people really not adapting to being alone. I was like, I am made for this. <laughs> I was like, I've done this before. I have gone weeks without talking to people. It's not ideal. I have to yeah. be, um, take the initiative and reach out to friends and things like that. But I, I think that also was one reason why I was like, you know, that's what music was for. That's what the arts are for, for me. I mean, I connect with people and, so, I mean, that's when I talk about this album, it feels far more collaborative. Uh, writing songs with Marco Tavi, who also was very good at um, uh, adding to some of the production ideas. Mark Pistol is somebody I've worked with from the very beginning, and he engineered and mixed this album. Um, and working with many of the same people that I feel comfortable with. I trust aesthetically. We, um, yeah. And so it was like this, you know, I, I know what works. I know they, they feel like they can express themselves as well and getting them to do that. You know, that there's no, we're going to, we're going to have fun for once. <laughs> did you, did you meet Mark because you moved to Paris? Uh, you mean Otavi? Yeah. There's am a I, wait, am I saying the? I'm saying the wrong guy's name. Well, Mark Mark Pistol is the. Oh right, and, right. No, I'm, I'm and, talking uh, about and yeah, and yeah. Mark Otavi. Uh, no, we came across each other in in Paris. Um, just because at that point I was starting to look for musical right, job outlet. Right. No, and I keep forgetting yeah. that you were touring Europe and you were doing, and like Eastern Europe was eating you up when I, it's like you were getting, you were getting on their late night shows. It's just like, I don't know when yeah. that was. That was like six or seven years ago. It was like all of a sudden I'm like, right, Carter's finally getting her due. She's just got to be in um, Poland. Yeah, it was complicated because, so I was signed to Warner Poland and it was, you know, touring a lot in Poland, Austria. Germany, but we did, you know, a tour in Italy as well. So, um, Switzerland, but, um, but it was problematic because I, um, I felt like we weren't 
growing outside of that. And I don't, I, my management really was great within Poland. Um, maybe, you know, there were, there were a couple of issues anyways, but um, like the girl who stole my song and got an award for it anyway. So we, <laughs> but um, we won't say her name and may she die like the scum that she is. She's um, she, she anyways. Um, <laughs> Does, I mean, do, I, do you think that was part of what put you in the funk? Is that kind of yeah, a, that, that's, I, a, that's a I cut to the heart? Yeah, I, I I felt like um, this isn't what I started out to do. I'm very appreciative of my the opportunities that I got beginning in Poland. But um, I am an American artist. By the way, I am a, a Polish citizen. And so, I mean, these are my people. But I um, but, you know, I. I wanted to be an international artist. Um, I think that way. I didn't, you know, I think there was one day we were driving to a gig and I'd been asleep and I looked up and I saw these rooftops and I got this awful sick feeling in my stomach and I realized that's Auschwitz. And there was this like, I'm just going to work <laughs> and um, th this isn't feeling great for me. It, it was emotionally complicated. My father's a Holocaust survivor. I'm, I, I need to be, I need to be out in the world. I can't just go over the same ground. I think it was, it, it was complicated with my father as well. Um, I'm, by the way, I, I, I don't talk about music with my parents they don't want to hear it yeah so um so my mother keeps asking me how's that book coming and I'm like it's not a book it's an album <laughs> where are you getting this from <laughs> and um so and I I would you're have not to using her voice anymore oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it was like you know I I want to see more of the world. Um, it's one of the best benefits of being in a touring band. My band that my live band was based in more. So these guys were amazing. I think they, they made me a better person as well. Um, I loved all those experiences, but I, I didn't feel it was growing and I didn't know how to get out of it. It felt like, because there was so much work all the time, there wasn't time to stop and say, wait, this isn't, you know, um, I'm missing the mark where we've, I'm gone off course. And um, how do I get there? And I was like, well, I've got to have the courage to stop. And then I had to stop. So, but it did, it still took um, like, I, I felt like it took a lot of bravery to to walk away and not worry and go, what is my, what am I now? Who yeah. am, you know, if I don't have this, what am I? I'm like, nobody ever cared. Anyway, so. Oh, I, 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 I feel like, I feel like the normal, the, I mean, when I say the normal person, the person that's like, you know, just not creative, but uh, may, may have creative aspirations and have like a different life. They can, you know, I don't think they understand once you hit a certain place, all of a sudden everyone wants a piece of you and you're, you're, you're almost at the speed of light. I like when, when, when things happen, it's like intense. It's like you're, you're driving, you're on tour. So what are you doing? You're driving, you're sound check, you're net, you know, next city, next city. Um, and when, and everything starts to go fast and even doing interviews, you're just like, who's next. And, you don't remember what shows you were on. It's just like next day. And um well, and and, people expect you to be a certain thing. That yeah. was oh I yeah, the thing that got to me because um it didn't allow me, me any room to grow. It was like you're this, we know you as this. That's what the journalist who wrote about you says you are. So you must be this. And it's like, but no, the journalist didn't read my press kit. <laughs> and he obviously read the other journalist thing. So there was a lot of that. And um, yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm not goth. 
why why is everybody expecting me to be goth? This is very strange. <laughs> like these sorts of things where um I was like, I gotta get no, I, I am mm. more than just one thing. And um, even if I'm the only person who knows that. And you're fine. smoking your clove cigarette and you're and you're crying and your mascara is like <laughs> I love smeared mascara. Smeared mascara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's smoking. Yeah. People were people people were expecting you to be a part of this certain scene, I guess, and be uh Yeah. And was I that was that also happening in all. San Francisco? Like kind of was that where you started kind of here pushed too. In that? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And when when I was like, I'm gonna go to Paris, I remember a lot of people saying to me, Why not Berlin? That's where this style of music exists. And I right. was like, I I'm already familiar with this style of music. What's interesting about Paris is that, you know, you have this very big classical music world. You also have this avant-garde classical music world, world music, which I hadn't really, you know, I was like, who in the U.S. listens to world music? It's kind of out of step with the norm. And I was like, I just, I want to hear different things that I've never heard. I started listening to a lot of music that was sung in other languages. I just had to have it. Like yeah. I just needed to, I'm like, wow, it's in, it's a song in Japanese. I want, who's singing this? What is it about? Just exploring the different sounds, um, things like that. I just, I wanted to hear something I hadn't heard before. And oddly enough, because I think this new album is so much about the music that I loved when I was a kid, like those, you know, I had my some of my friends parents they were flower children and they had these big 60 you know album big collections of albums from the 60s and I listened to the doors a lot like like crazy the zombies and things like that so um so it's interesting that somehow it brought out the thing that was always there yeah it's you know. it, it's it's strange. It's uh, I don't know. I'm always I'm always reading about um, artists and you know biographies and like listening to interviews and also psychology. I'm always like psycho yeah. on psychology, but um, but we'll, it, maybe uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The but the thing about the artist is keeping that almost like keeping that child alive that we were and staying so in touch and i didn't i didn't even realize it but i saw it i saw it or read it somewhere um that it was just like the like people who are artists are ones that can like can remember the feelings when they were in the you know even in the single digit years and it's like i'm like i'm so in touch with like i'm in touch with those feelings of then yeah constantly and then i kind of you know go oh well that's that's funny that i had that then and it was a very adult feeling to have but i had it in my little kid but world play, yeah play is a very much a part of i think both the artistic and the scientific mind we have to yeah. have experiments to see what works i mean how many pieces of paper or <laughs> computer screens have you crumpled up and thrown in the bin i mean there will just be lots of stuff, ideas that float around. And, you know, I, I, I feel the same. I'm very in touch with my younger self. And I, I remember quite a bit, which um, annoys some people in my family. <laughs> but, um, but as far as psychology, I find um, the, the, the sort of study of human behavior, this was really profound for me. I mean, I've always had therapy, but um but really getting starting to read about things really in depth. One of the backstories about this album is that when I was in Paris, I was kind of working on researching a book that, um, and I don't care if anybody else thinks this is a cool idea and they do it. I just wanted to do a book that was basically um, kind of a dictionary of um, terms that were about logical fallacies and emotional manipulation and that it would be illustrated and um, so that you could kind of see how these things play out. And all this psychological abuse and manipulation, I think for me was why I was always kind of down. 
and confused and self-doubt and that my esteem could fluctuate vastly. So it wasn't solid <laughs> to say. And so some of these songs do touch on um, some of these topics. So I didn't do the book, but I, I was like, well, I'm, I've got to put them, these ideas somewhere. So um, uh, certain songs like above it all, and um, does touch on the emotional vampires or the narcissists that come into yeah, your life yeah. and being able to go, I see this, I can see this a mile away. And Isn't it strange? It I mean, for me, it has taken decades to see it from a mile away. Like I, I, I used to have to be in it for a couple of years and then finally see it and have the revelation and cut off a friend or cut off, a, cut yeah. off people. And it's just like, now it's just like, I could, I could smell you walking three blocks away from me. <laughs> Yeah. And it takes practice to yeah. identify it, recognize it. And so this was the idea around the, the the book of terms where it was like really lay it out for you so you can see visually what this body language might look like or, you know, just know that's what this is to put a name on the behavior that you're seeing. Yeah. So um, anyways, that's uh, blah, blah, blah. Now we're on the view. Anyways, <laughs> I love the view. Oh do my you God. really? <laughs> well, I love Joe Joy Behart. You know what can I do? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> like she's awesome. But um, no. I occasionally, yeah, I don't get all my news from the view. I never. <laughs> I, don't, I have all my opinions and news from the view. <laughs> I don't have um normal TV, so I never see it. But um, and blah blah. Okay, I'm just digressing. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, my, no, my, my, uh, I, I totally forgot what my comfort was because I haven't, you know, I was just like, wait a second, what's my comfort? It's Jeopardy. Oh, really? I okay. love watching Jeopardy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I get a kick, and it's not like I'm a trivia guy. I'm not on trivia night at places, but I, I just get a kick out of Jeopardy, and I'm, and I was like, oh, I'm glad Ken Jennings got it, even though I, I liked the other producer better, but I think he got like, he didn't even get me too. He was just like a dick. You know, and then they're oh, like, really? yeah. they're like, you're a dick, and you were a dick to a woman. I don't even know what it was, but it's just like that guy was the best host ever. And then pff, he's out, Ken Jennings in. It was just like that weird yeah. moment in time of everything shuffling, and it's just like uh, some of the wrong people were getting like, you know, Harvey Weinstein when they're like, no, oh, no, no, they just, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do like, I mean, I love. Um, I don't know. I mean, I love trivia. I love facts. I love, um, yeah. there's actually a program out there that kind of has something like that because, um, there's just too much stuff for stupid people and it's just dumb, dumb, dumb. And it, yeah. you have to work. It's, I, I don't know if this is the correct, like, I, I find the difference between entertainment and art is that entertainment, you don't have to think. It's just spoon fed to you and art. You kind of have to think you, you have to interact with that book to get what you need out of it. So um, I like things that I find it entertaining to jog my brain and God knows it needs to be jogged. So, um, and uh, you know, I mean, as far as like the human species, we, we have this amazing, powerful brain. We should be using it. Um it's it, it, that's the beauty of go, you going to Paris and going, I need to just study life and study the ancients. Cause I just, I feel like, I mean, even for me and the reason why every books are everything to me is because I didn't really get to read a book until I was in my twenties. You know, I had to get out of a right. cult essentially. Right. And, yeah. um, but it's just, and ever since then I've been insatiable about it and it's just, it's so much fun because there is no end. There's no end. And, um, yeah. yeah, and it, 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 it almost, yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like my family was a bit of a cult and there was this also during when I went to Paris, there was this like break, um, where I was like, I'm, I can interact with them of course, but, um, I'm done with the BS and yeah. this doesn't work on me anymore. I think that, you know, when I was a kid and I wasn't good in school, it had a lot to do with fear. So I'm scared to raise my hand, scared to be embarrassed. I don't want to upset anyone. Um, could be anything. I was just full of anxiety. And I think learning 
was like, well, I don't know what it is. I am scared, but like, how bad can it be? <laughs> it sounds like a mess, but, um, but yeah, just, it really helped make me feel stronger and, um, you know, overused word empowered, but I mean, just it, it definitely added to have the sense of having a spine and knowing what's going on and being able to question things. Um, I think a lot of people have open minds, but things are going in without question. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what, what would happen if you just question it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was go- <laughs> nuance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you accepting this? Uh, I, yeah. Are, um, easily influenced, easily impressed. So, um, yeah. and, um, I th- you know, Nothing I've noticed as I, go ahead. <laughs> what's that? Nothing impresses me. <laughs> oh yeah. It, that's, that's yeah. That's it. Now that makes I like people try to get me to go see bands in LA and I'm just like, you don't understand, man, unless it's like a really good friend. I, I, I I've kind of seen everyone. I don't, I, I, went, I even went and see, I went to the swans cause I, I was just, I was yeah. ready for some heavy swans. And I go in and and I was like, I wish I went to San Francisco to see Swans. So at least I could see like there would be a different vibe there because everyone at the Swans was like either 60 or 20. <laughs> and, and and all the 20 year olds are just like, yeah, dude, we're totally. And I'm like, can can all this can all this posturing just get out of the way so we can like listen to this? And I was like, but I, I, I don't know if that's a Los Angeles thing, because I think in San Francisco, like even some shows, there's just. There feels like a different energy in the crowd, but I haven't been to a San Francisco show in 10 years because I haven't lived there. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm wishing for a time change, uh, a go back in time, or maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm the old cranky guy. And that's the problem. It could became, be any one of those. All I, of them. Yeah. I mean, I just try to do my own thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually was at a show last week. I do feel like, <clears throat> You know, I mean, San Francisco audiences are a little more standoffish than, you know, European audiences, depending. Um, and it depends on the band. I I just try to, I'm like, I'm just here to see a band that I like. Yeah. And y'all do your thing. Yeah. You do you. Um, and Wait, then did you I ever raised- show at the Kilowatt already? Yeah. Oh, uh, December 2nd at the Kilowatt. Okay. Oh, okay. That's coming up. Um, yeah. So um, Sarah Beth Nelson opens, then my band, it's, uh, and then Federale from uh, Portland. And um, it's not being billed as uh, an album release party, but it kind of is because um, that'll be <laughs> the show. Where I, I like how lo-fi you are about it. You're just like. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, okay. So I did try to get on labels, but, um, but at the end of the day, I was like, eh, I'm going to release this. Their loss. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's kind of, I'm actually having fun self-releasing. It's a little bit like, oh my God, is this package going to make it where it needs to go? (laughs) Um, but, um, but it, it's, it, it's all doable. I mean, you know, there are really big benefits to being on a label, but, um, I wouldn't know right now. Um, but it's still out there in the world. And, and I think the idea was like, well, we've made this album that everybody took part feels really good about. Um, and we're going to share it and, you know, and, hopefully people enjoy it. And if they don't, it's not going to take it personally. They've got their own thing that they're into. And yeah. Ooh, and it's, like, and some people shouldn't enjoy it. If everyone enjoys it, then you did it wrong. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. like, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't take it personally. There's so much out there and there's so many different like genres and styles of all sorts of things. And you know, it doesn't work for everybody. I, I just, yeah. I, I do think that when I, um, <laughs> read like I, 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 you know, I mean, if a, a review is really, really nasty, I, then I think that says more about who's writing it than right. 
me. So just being able to go and come. But um, it's it's almost it, it's almost um yeah yeah you just you look at it and I mean I've I've giggled at some of the like one star well that like well they're like for the film of Jesus Jerk there is a ton of one star reviews on IMDb those are all Jehovah's Witnesses crazy. yeah it's, it's, it's Jehovah's they haven't even watched it they're just trying to get that thing lower <laughs> just like going oh oh okay yeah, yeah. It, I'm just like no that you it was cult. a great film. <laughs> It was a great film. I think we talked about this because yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, I went with a friend. She's also um, a creative and a writer and she just loved it. I think she read the book right away after. And um, no, it was, it, it's funny. And um, I think for anyone who doesn't know much um, about the cult that it's like, it's it's totally piques your interest like what's going on here and yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, I didn't bring it up that uh, to to toot my own horn i'm bringing it up because because yeah. that's that's my access to what reviews i have i have like kind of two things out which is a book and a film and i'm i'm really trying to get more books out so then i have a yeah. few <laughs> that i could because my new novel is called dream casting that i'm trying to get you know that's that i'm yeah. done with and then the next book's called well, the plug that. what's that let's plug that when and when am i gonna get to read that yeah, I I can send you a copy if you want. Are I mean, I could send you. I, oh, I don't know. It's just it's with my audio agent. on vinyl. Oh, I know. No, we were talking about that. No, it's with my agent now, and uh, and she's gonna tell me what's up in the next yeah. few weeks, and what's up could be Tony. Yeah, no, I can't do this. And what's up could be Tony. This is good. But and the, uh, another one could be like Tony. This works. We're putting it out. We're gonna start trying to sell it. So, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, best case scenario comes out in twenty twenty five. That's that's like everything. Yeah. Everything in place moves fast, and it's in twenty twenty five. And yeah. by that time, I'll have the next book done, and also probably a screenplay done, and just the the machine is because I had to do some ghostwriting and stuff for a bit and yeah. I didn't have the same experience as you. I was dealing with egomaniacal narcissists. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed the money. And what I did is I dealt with egomaniacal narcissists and helped them write their self-help books. I'm just going, these people are going out there as life coaches and I'm I'm writing their self-help book and they're crazy. <laughs> yeah no i'm not surprised yeah, yeah and it's and i'm just like going oh my god and then so and then after i was i was able to put money aside but after i was done with that it took me about eight months to like just get those like disgusting barnacles off. i'm like why did i why did i put my heart into that crap but you i had to put eat. my heart yeah. in the yeah i had to pay the bills and then like at eight almost eight months to the day i started this novel, which was about two years, two years ago, where I was just like, all right. And now we are full on in four hours a day and the money saved. I'm still teaching. I, you know, it's like, I, I had the thing I could just plug in now for that time slot every single day. Yeah. And that's, I don't even know where I was going with that, but, uh, but yeah, I think, but the whole train is rolling again. So, so hopefully yeah. by the next, you know, cause what I could have done on, I've done everything wrong but I've kind of got some stuff done at the same time. So I'm like, Oh wait, now I know how to do it. It just took decades. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, well, I feel that way too, but I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think it is true. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. But, and, and we, we learning, get resilience. Yeah. And did you ever read, um, the art of dramatic writing by Leo agree? <laughs> yeah, I have it, but, um, I've yeah. only, I've, I've read chapters here and there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's what I did too. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, these are character studies, and um, these people when you come across, I mean, you never know what you might find useful in a story. Um, um, and sometimes I never yeah. want to go near them again. You know, it's it, it it's almost like because especially for if I'm working on a novel, I'm working with those characters for like a year or two, and. Some people are like, oh, you you would use that. And I'm like, I don't want to be with that person for a year or two. Because that, yeah. like, especially this is what I've loved about this novel is it wasn't related to anybody or anything. It was all kind of related to me. To and then the I, and I, what's that? <laughs> are you going to tell us the synopsis? Oh, it's. Um, I'm very curious. Well, so when, so it's kind of, it, 
when we die, uh-huh. um, the afterlife is we are we work in the subconscious and some of us work as extras and actors and dreams of the conscious. So everyone who dies works in the subconscious and just goes back and forth from the subconscious to the conscious. Essentially that's the reincarnation. So it all takes place in the subconscious and it takes place in this actors holding area for actors who have (laughs) to go work in dreams of the conscious Okay. And so our our characters are kind of in level one dreams, which are all the sex dreams. So they kind of got to okay. go in there and they got to go in there fast. And it's kind of confusing. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. It's it, it started. I, mean, I was I was inspired. <laughs> I was trying really. I was, I've been trying to figure out exactly how to hit this angle. And then um, and then I put it out to a bunch of uh, I put it out to a bunch of friends about six months ago, thinking that it was done and I was going to give it to my agent and then i went over the notes i'm like oh my god it's not done yet i gotta take a huge chunk out of this and redo the whole thing and and that's when i realized it was a love story and i'm like how did this how did this comedic stupid romp become a love story i say stupid but i love stupid ideas so i it's not i'm not putting it down i'm just like i love the idea (laughs) i'm quoting i'm quoting here but it is a thin line between stupid and clever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I get a kick out of dumb ideas. I go, oh my god, it's like a puzzle to me. It's like, how do I make that something? So, yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, but that I mean, that's essentially that's essentially the jam of what the book yeah. is, and it's uh, it's it's kind of a guy just having an existential crisis, but in the subconscious instead of the conscious. Yeah. Gosh, you know, that kind of, I don't know why it reminds me of um, uh, Woody Allen's everything you wanted to know about sex, but was afraid to ask that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything <laughs> you wanted to know about people dreaming about sex, but were afraid to ask. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I will, I'll send you a copy of what I sent to my agent or I could wait for the final. I might wait for the final with you because okay. Yeah, because I would like for you to read what gets molded from this. Because she'll get me a good editor. The editor will go, Tony, on page seventy-four, and I'll be like, Oh my god, you're right. So, <laughs> well, that yeah, I mean, that's great if you can have a good editor that can mm-hmm. help sort of you know sculpt any loose ends and things like that. I mean, someone who knows what you're trying to convey and goes, Here's look, what about this? And you know, eight times out of ten, the editor is right because they're looking at it in an objective way so you go yeah it's uh, helpful to have another eye, a set of eyes on the scene yeah um, you know i mean i i said you know, um eric stoltz was one of my early readers of like six months ago the draft six months ago yeah and i'm like embarrassed now that he went through it but i'm also very happy because then he just gave me like one or two notes that changed the whole book and i was just like mind blown got it okay i I know what you're getting at. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, and the creative process is, um, I don't know. I mean, as long as you, if you're up for letting it just go where it needs to go and, and you not, you can take and filter through the advice and suggestions and, and trust, you know, and consider the sources of these. Yeah. Um, because some people I'm like, I, I don't need to hear it from you, but, um, but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's interesting how one idea can lead to the next or what inspires, um, you know, with this album, um, the album artwork has a similar quality to my earlier work, but um, where there's a botanical and um, but in my previous albums, you can't see a face. It's always covered by a flower or something. And, um, but I was inspired by carnivorous plants and I started researching them. And I started to read about Charles Darwin's love of carnivorous plants. His wife used to complain that he loved them more than her. And um, so I don't know. I think it really fed into, you know, how I was going to put this album together and so on. So I'm just giving a big, long example, but, um, but of course, um, yeah. So it's just one little idea 
piques my interest and then it brings continuity to the rest. Yeah. I'm kind of rambling, but um <laughs> No, but you bring up a very but it is good part point of rambling. Because... Doodling and rambling, I mean little things happen along the way. Yeah. Little things happen at the beginning. Yeah. I mean it's it's uh, the the idea is just this little thing, and then it's just like, okay, now how do I massage this for a year or two years and make it a thing? And it and there's just there's like a magic, like it's almost like being a magician and going, I took just that little idea and made it a thing whether it's a song or a novel or a film or a you know sculpture or what it's it comes from an idea but it also comes from an idea that's part of us and who we are at this moment in time which um which with dreamcasting i thought of i I was thinking of it as a (laughs) early drafts i was like this is a cry for help (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like, this is a scream to the universe. And it still kind of is because a lot of it is just about, you know, how the, what happens when we die and yeah. being scared to death. And then also, and, and this inspired the book a lot, is when I've had friends who died, they'll show up in my dreams and I'll be like, oh, my God, dude, you got to go tell your wife or you got to go tell your parents you're alive. And they're alive in my dream. And then I wake up and I wow. remember they're dead. And it's like it, this like is a kind wow. of a constant thing that happens. And I'm like. Are they really showing up? Are they on some other plane? Are they kind of, you know, um, one was a suicide and he's the one that showed up the most and he hasn't shown up in a while, but while wow, he was showing up a lot, I'm just like, dude, you got to go, you know, and I'm not, I'm no longer in touch with his family because that's all Jehovah's Witness side. But, uh-huh. but it's just like, I'm just like, you got to go tell your mom, you got to go tell your, your you know, I, I, you have to go tell them. And I, I like the minute I see him in a dream, I feel, I feel bad for his family. And he never talks yeah. to me in my dreams. He just looks at me. It's yeah. so strange. And then so our subconscious I, does a lot of working and reworking of things that we aren't addressing during the day. And it's deep in there, these loose ends that haven't, yeah. you know, we've got to revisit them and we miss people. And um, yeah. I mean, I always say I'm not afraid of dying. I'm just afraid of, of a really long, slow death. <laughs> so, or like painful death. So, um, I want to be a burden to nurses. Oh my God. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. My, when a number of years ago, my mom was in the hospital and a number of the nurses on staff were threatening to quit. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, I had that as a child. <laughs> I was just like, I am so sorry. She is like, you know, <laughs> just, just being normal. <laughs> Actually, I remember seeing that film throw mama from the train. And yeah. I was like, I don't get it. That mama seemed perfectly fine to me. <laughs> like, that's nothing. By the way, my mother's name is Guna. And um, <laughs> it's an old Norse name. Uh-huh. And uh, it's actually gun, gun. Um, so it means war. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her. I watch movies about dysfunctional families that are like all messed up. And I'm like, oh my God, I'd be so happy if I was in that family. That You have no idea how much more sense that family makes to me. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I would definitely say it was very, my family is very eccentric. So it's, funny but it's funny up until a point <laughs> um i'm going to give you an example and i did write a short story about this but i came home one day after school i was seven and my sister i remember she was wearing a headgear and she said don't go in the backyard and then i heard gunshots and uh i ran out in the backyard and all my stuffed animals were set on top of this shipping crate like not really sure why it was there but and my mother was picking them off and um with a gun with a gun gun had a gun and um <laughs> this is so bizarre but my dad had a dog training suit on have you ever seen these things it's so dogs can attack oh okay yeah yeah so, okay so my parents had been working on self defense and my dad's yelling <laughs> aim and fire the dogs are barking um and then i see my my nala bear is, is swedish nala bjorn 
and uh, he's just shot. He just flies into the <laughs> bushes in the backyard, and I run screaming into the bushes, <laughs> and um, and they hold fire, and I'm just covered with. I just see all this red stuff everywhere, like pouring down my face and everything. And uh, my sister comes up to me and she's like, dude, you got raspberry juice all over my dress. <laughs> and I was borrowing her dress and, I've, and I'm like, I thought I was dying. I thought it was blood and it was just raspberry juice from the bushes. And um, so I walked around with this teddy bear for a long time with, that had bullet holes in it. And it turns out, so my parents were, I guess we were getting a lot of raccoons and they were eating the chickens that we had as pets. <laughs> so um, my parents explained to me, you know, that's what they were doing and stop being a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember that's, I don't even know how to even react to this. I don't know what's happening here, but I feel like this is not okay. <laughs> What? Yeah. Here's what crazy. They're absolutely nuts. And um, yeah. No, I, I I, said, like I said, this thing to my therapist a couple weeks ago and she corrected me on it. It's just like, I I go, all right. I was like, maybe I needed that to get to where I am now. And she's like, no, you didn't need it, Yeah, but you used it. It's so it was something that you, that you, that shouldn't have been, you know, done to you or whatever, but you were able to harness it. And thus, if you didn't get a bullet hole, through your toys, we not we might not have Tuesday morning your record right now. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, <laughs> not I that mean, you needed a bullet hole. I your did not need a bullet hole. <laughs> I remember because um, the teddy bear's arm had been flung off, and I <laughs> so I was very resourceful. So I sewed sad. him a new arm. But I mean, but I think oh. it was the all the irrational behavior around me. <laughs> That I was like, this doesn't make make sense. I need things to make sense. I'm very focused on the the answer. I'm going to get to the bottom of this one day. Why is this? Well, I know why. Some people are better at crazy than I'm at sane. And yeah. that's that's it. They're just better at it. And I'm, you know, you, it's really hard to deal with crazy sometimes. So, but it was, it is nobody got hurt <laughs> super weird yes i know and you know I, i'm worried that you we're gonna get letters but um but um yeah i was able to take it and i mean i always had a sense of humor about these things um it could it could really always go one way or the other be very yeah. dark very funny and um i do remember um i took a comedy class i didn't graduate from comedy college <laughs> oh i remember i remember yeah. because you were getting one-liners for when you had hecklers at your shows like 20 years or 15 years ago or something yeah and uh well i found comedy stand-up really really difficult so um and i felt way too vulnerable and we had to tap into all this pain and i was like i don't know if i can get to the funny from here because yeah. um yeah and being that i mean that it's such a leap to go I and mean, you got to be willing to go and finding that pace and that rhythm of like just <laughs> gonna make it funny yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> ricarda thank you so much for coming on the thank show. you tony thank you so much always a joy and a pleasure yeah